Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast NFL Show. You're now listening to the Week 2 uh, Recap Week 3 Preview. Uh, my name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on? Nothing, man. Another another good week on the books. Another exciting week of football. We had some good games this week. We had some bad games per usual. A um, couple big injuries I'm sure we'll get into, but uh, I'm just you know looking forward to another good week here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get into week two's games, uh, I will give you our records uh, from the last week. I went seven, eight, and one, the one being the push, Saints minus three. Jeremy went five, nine, and two uh, on his podcast picks, unfortunately. Um, so a bit of a step off from last week, but we're still in and around 500. So nothing, uh, nothing too concerning yet. And I think so far the season has been better uh, than it was last year. Um, lock, locks of the week. Uh, both of those did not hit. Jeremy and I both included the Packers, but unfortunately they, uh, fell to the Falcons in sort of a last, last gasp, uh, fashion lost 25 to 24. So unfortunately we, uh, we were unable to cash the locks of the week. And for a minute, it looked really good. Looked like I was going to win some money this week. We'll get into why that didn't happen, but let's start off at the beginning. Uh, Vikings Eagles 28 to 34 Eagles taking the win at Lincoln Financial Field really really just um, you know running heavy game Um, DeAndre Swift gashed the Vikings defense for 175 yards he averaged 6.2 yards per carry Um, I feel like you know that was that was almost five yards a carry before contact he was getting extra yards after uh, he just totally sliced them open. They were not able to cope with him whatsoever. And then over the top, um, you know, just uh, Jalen Hurts found Devontae Smith a couple of times. He had four catches and 131 yards and obviously found the end zone as well. Um, but this game was was simple in terms of offensive game plan for the Eagles. It was a run, air it out, uh, you know, one time a, a quarter pretty much. And on, or fortunately for, for Hertz, he was able to connect with Devontae Smith two times. So a uh, solid game. Hertz also had two rushing touchdowns on the uh, tush push, which we know is, is kind of the cheese of the NFL. And then on the Viking side, terrible defensive performance, but decent on offense. Uh, Kirk was able to connect with Justin Jefferson what felt like 15 times. I believe he actually had 11 catches for about 160 yards. Hawkinson found the end zone twice. KJ Osborne found the end zone. And then Jordan Addison had another really good game here, getting his second touchdown in two weeks now. So I don't know what you thought about the game. I think both defenses looked pretty porous, but the offenses are about as high powered as you would expect, uh, especially on the Viking side. They just have so many threats in the air. And I think although they're 0-2, they're going to continue to put up points in pretty much every game they play this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the game wasn't necessarily as close, it felt like, as the scoreline indicated. You know, Kirk did his whole uh, garbage time Kirk thing to make it look a little better. But the Eagles look good, man. Uh, Like you said, they haven't been throwing the ball a ton, which, I mean, isn't necessarily their identity to begin with. They've always kind of been a run-heavy team here under Sirianni. Um, But the emergence of DeAndre Swift looked good. I know it's a guy a lot of Eagles fans were high on, and everyone was high on him when he was on the Lions. So it's good to see him play well. I mean, the combination of him, Smitty, A.J. Brown, and even Goddard, who's been relatively quiet so far this year, um, you know, should should set the Eagles up for some success moving forward. Mm-hmm. 
Um, up next, we'll we'll do two and two. So I'll take the these two, and then I'll hand uh, the other the next two off to you. But um, we had the Ravens taking on the Bengals at Paul Brown Stadium. The Ravens were able to emerge twenty seven to twenty four. They were of course a money line dog. Um, this was seemingly the pick of the week for a lot of people. Jeremy, you know, excuse me, both had uh, the Ravens money line. They were able to get it done here. Uh, Burrow and the Bengals just unable to find the pace early on in this game. They did score 10 points in the second quarter, but it was really too late. The Ravens went up. They were up 13 to 10 at the half. Um, Burrow really only had 200 yards. He had two touchdowns. He found T. Higgins twice. Uh, he finished with 90 yards and two scores, but uh, the run game looks pretty poor. Joe Mixon had 60 carries on or 60 rushing yards on 13 carries. Not as efficient as you would like. Um, and then Gus Edwards and Lamar, those guys got loose a couple of times. Lamar uh, had 50 yards and Gus Edwards had 62 in a score. So I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not super high, honestly, on the Ravens. Uh, Zay Flowers looks great. Uh, I think Odell looked really good in this game too before he went out injured. But overall, like it's just not a super threatening offense. They didn't really get Mark Andrews as involved as I would have hoped. Uh, he had five catches in a score, but... I feel like Zay Flowers is going to be the target hog this year, and he probably should be. I am a little bit worried about the Bengals, especially uh, because Joe Burrow just got you know injured. He tweaked his calf or something like that. They look really poor. They're starting you know zero and two at this point, and their division rivals, the Ravens, who they played in this one, are now two and zero. So I don't know if you think the Ravens are a, you know a real deal serious threat, or if maybe they've just had a couple of cupcakes playing the Texans in week one and then now playing a, a really shitty Bengals team. Uh, but I'm, I'm still not sold, and I'm really not sold on the Bengals. Yeah, I was really high on the Ravens coming into the year. They haven't necessarily impressed me quite yet. Um, I'm going to give them another two weeks or so before I kind of get my final verdict out on that. But, I mean, 2-0 and is not a bad place to be no matter how you get there. So they do have some momentum moving forward, but they just haven't looked as sharp as I thought they were going to uh, coming into the season. And then as for the Bengals, yeah, I mean, they look bad. You can clearly tell that Joe Burrow's not at 100%, and then now they're using that, you know, as an excuse kind of, which is not necessarily the right way to go about it. They should have either just sat him, or if you're going to play, you're going to play, and you can't cry about your injury. I do, I know Joe Mixon hasn't been, uh, you know, getting in the end zone, but I do like his usage just from like a fantasy perspective. If you're a guy that's low on running backs, I know a lot of people are at this point, but I mean, he's getting the ball a lot. The volume's there, 13, you know, rushes, four receptions. So, I mean, it'll come. Uh, he, he'll get in the end zone here eventually and start scoring some points, but he doesn't look bad. Yeah. Uh, okay. Tell us about the... Seahawks Lions game. This was an absolute fucking. This was just. It went late. It was. Uh, it was a barn burner, and man, it was impressive to watch uh, Seattle win. Yeah, I mean the trend continues. It's like I don't know. I think it's up to like their last five games now. They fit the over. They were combining for like eighty points a game. They combined for sixty-eight again. It kind of feels like that's one of the gimmies that Vegas gives us every year. Because um, there's not much they can do about it. You can't set a total at sixty points. That's just not quite how the game works. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was an exciting game. Gino found his form a little bit this game, you know, 332 touchdowns, no turnovers. That's kind of been the name of his game since last season is, you know, keeping the ball in their hands and moving them down the field slowly but surely. Uh, Kenneth Walker, he kind of vultured two touchdowns. He didn't do a ton of, you know, running outside of that, only 40-ish yards, but two touchdowns nonetheless. 
big blow for the Lions with DeMont getting hurt. Um, he said he it might take him a couple weeks to get back, but Dan Campbell kind of offered a more optimistic view and said he could play this week. So maybe yeah. DeMont, you know, just feels that it'll be a couple weeks for him to get back to 100%. You know, it's kind of hard to decipher what he meant there, but that's kind of concerning for them. But it is exciting for Lions fans that you will now get to see more Jameer Gibbs moving forward. Um, that's something they do have to look forward to. Uh, Jared Goff was... 15 passes, maybe 14, away from setting the record for most completions or most pass attempts in a row without an interception prior to, I believe it was a fourth quarter interception this week. But overall, he looked good. He's always good at home, which is weird that he just can't play on the road. But 330 yards, three touchdowns, uh, that's always good to see. So, I mean, both of these teams played well. Um, These are both two teams that, like, people are kind of undecided on. Some people are high, some people are low. So this is a fun matchup to see, and we'll see how both these teams look moving forward here. Yeah. Um, and then how about Colts Texans? This is your boy AR. Yeah, Colts Texans AR. The guy was really low on coming into the season, but he has made me a believer. I did tell you guys that. I still don't think he's the most talented player in the world, but I do think he is a good teammate. Um, the guys love him, and he's clearly playing hard out there. I mean, he doesn't take any plays off. You, we've seen him get beat up for two weeks now. He's really, you know, giving his all for his team, which is what you want to see out of your rookie quarterback. But this went at least the way I expected. I'm sure you probably thought the same way. Yeah. Um, Indianapolis Colts won here. I mean, 31-20, to 20, comfortable win. C.J. Stroud did look good for the Texans, though. Almost 400 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Nico Collins has been cooking. Tank Dell came onto the scene. But, I mean, it never really felt like the Colts were um, in danger. They took that, you know, early first half lead there. They were up like 28-3 to three or 28-6. to six, And then they kind of just, you know... Ran the ball the rest of the way, let Zach Moss cook. Um, even when uh, AR came out, they looked good. Gardner Minshew, you know, 20 completions for 170 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, they're not. it doesn't look like the Colts are going to be miserable this year, which is good for them. I think that's a step they need to take even without JT. But for the Texans, it's going to be a long year for them, kind of a building block. Hopefully they get more performances like this, though, out of C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still really low on Stroud. Um, this was one of the spots that we kind of liked all week. Uh, the Colts being a, a dog, they were they were like I think they were a two point dog earlier on in the week. I got them at like plus one sixty. Um, on game day, it was a pick em. I think the spread was minus one, and both of the teams were like minus one hundred eight to win. But I wasn't worried uh, about the Colts winning this one. They have Gardner as the backup. Uh, we're probably if if, if Anthony Richardson is concussed. We're going to see Gardner again uh, this week. I I know the Colts are one and one, but they're not really as bad. Like, they don't look as bad on offense as I would have expected. Um, Pittman is involved. Uh, Zach Moss had a really good game. I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm bullish on the Colts, but um, I do think they, they could be decent enough this year. I don't think they're going to be terrible. Um, they're going to be a spoiler in a couple of games and, um, you know, kind of happy, uh, to see Anthony Richardson showing off all of his athleticism, because if he develops in terms of, you know, on field intelligence, uh, he could be a super threatening quarterback to have to deal with. Okay. Bears bucks, Bears 17 Buccaneers 27, Justin Fields with another absolutely dog shit game. Uh, he did have 200 yards passing, which is shocking for him. That's a big number. But he also threw two interceptions. And one of them was a pick six to seal the win for the Bucks. So, not great. Um, Baker, 317 in the score. Um, Rashad White got involved. He had 17 carries and 73 yards with a score. 
And then we had Mike Evans, who just went absolutely nuclear. He's turned the clock back two weeks in a row here. Uh, he had 170 in a score in this one, and he's looking like Baker's safety blanket. So I'm really impressed with the way the Bucks look uh, with Baker Mayfield. You know, they're not in a full rebuild. They have a decent defense. They have a decent offensive line. Baker's doing what he can to get out and rush uh, when he has to scramble for first downs. I'm really, really impressed with them. I think um, the Bucks probably aren't going to be a threat, you know, most of the season. But, they, uh, you know, the Eagles play them, I think, this week on Monday Night Football. They're going to fight. They're going to fight hard. Baker's really kind of playing for, you know, his his own name, his um, name in, in the NFL books. You know, he, he got cut uh, by the Browns. They decided to get rid of him. He went to the Rams. Now he's on the Bucks. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's got something to prove. So playing with a chip on your shoulder, especially against a really shitty bears team, you know, you're not surprised they won, but, uh, I still think pretty impressive game from the bucks. And it's really nice to see Mike Evans still contributing at the rate that he is. Yep. I agree. I really only had three big takeaways from that game and that's it. You know, Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans seem to have a good connection, um, which I think is good for both of their careers at this point. Mike Evans was kind of in uncertainty after kind of being, the mo one of the most certain players in the league here. Uh, people didn't know what he was going to get with Baker, but Baker's looked good. Um, I liked Rashad White this week. Uh, I mean, no Lenny. It was kind of his backfield for the taking, and he looked really bad week one, so that was a good bounce back that they needed. And then my final takeaway is just the lack of improvement from Justin Fields, it feels like. I know it's not all on him and some of its play calling. Like his pick six, they called the same screenplay three times in a row from your mm -hmm. two-yard line. That's going to get you in trouble for sure from a play calling perspective. Um, but he just doesn't seem to have taken that step forward. His vision is still slow. He's slow to go through his reads. And he's not taking off with his legs this year as much either, which is kind of concerning. So I'm I'm really concerned with him moving forward. He's never been a guy that you and me are particularly high on, but I thought he would you know perform better than three rushing yards or whatever the hell he had this week. Yeah. Um. Okay. Up next, Chiefs seventeen, Jags nine. Chiefs go away to Jacksonville, cover the spread, which I thought was kind of low anyway. Uh, relatively unimpressive game from the Chiefs offense. You know, Mahomes did throw for three hundred yards, but they didn't look great. I think Pacheco had a decent game on the ground. Uh, they got Kelsey involved. He had a catch uh, for a touchdown. Sky Moore was the leading receiver. He had a touchdown as well. And then on the Jag side of the ball, um, I was I was thoroughly unimpressed with Trevor Lawrence in this game. Uh, you know, both of these teams are one and one now, but I thought this was going to be sort of Super Bowl material, bulletin board material for for the Jags. I thought they were going to come out and play really hard. They were only able to get. Uh, nine points. Nobody scored a touchdown, just all field goals in this one. And I think ultimately Christian Kirk was the one that kept them in the game, uh, moved the sticks a lot, had 110 yards, but I was really unimpressed with the way that Lawrence played. I just think um, some of the play calling when they were down by the end zone uh, at the end, they just kept throwing balls over the top. And, you know, they were little crossing routes, but tried to find Kirk, tried to find Ingram, tried to find Ridley. They probably could have just run the ball in with Etienne and Jeremy's bet would have cashed. But instead, uh, you know, they decided to just settle for a field goal after throwing three nonsense passes. So I don't know. The Jags are not going to be as good as everybody said they were going to be, uh, in my opinion. I still think they're going to be a competitive team. I still think they could challenge for their division. No doubt about that, just because it's so weak. Um but the Chiefs, you know, they went down there, they took care of business, and I think it's probably going to be a couple more weeks before we see the Chiefs in full stride as well. But 
um, to go away and to cover the spread, win a game that you're favored to win, I think is good stuff, especially because the Chiefs um, are notorious for, for not covering spreads away from home, especially, uh, you know, when the spreads are more than two points. Um, but yeah, under, by the way, told you the under. This was so free. Everybody was on the over. I knew this would be a stink fest. Yeah, I mean, this was the worst game of the 1 p.m. window by far, um, which is not the way that most people would have expected it to go. This game did feel like there was something about it that was going to stink, but I didn't think it was going to stink this bad. I mean, it was like 7-6, a long way into the third quarter there, um, and they just looked bad. I do think it's a good bounce-back week for the Chiefs, so we'll get into that here, I'm sure, in a little bit. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's go to the next one. Uh, Tell us about... Oh yeah, this was this game burned us. Packers twenty four, Falcons twenty five. Oh man, yeah, making me go through the pain here. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, Packers twenty four, Falcons twenty five. Um, I mean, this was kind of the Packers game the whole way through. They were in the lead, um, pretty much the whole way throughout. I mean, they went up seven three and then didn't give up the lead until you know fifty seconds left in the game. Uh, Jordan Love continues to be really really efficient in the red zone Mm -hmm. like he has three passing touchdowns which i don't know is necessarily going to carry over all year but it is good to see out of their you know new young quarterback here uh the packers were without aaron jones which you could tell hurt them on the ground a little bit aj Dillon just doesn't seem to have that juice in his legs um and then from the Falcons side this was kind of Bijan's coming out game he he played well week one but it was kind of the algier uh, fest week one and then this week they let Bijan, you know get loose a little he had 125 yards on the ground he looked explosive I mean when they were on offense you could clearly tell he was the best player on the field so that was kind of cool to watch but just from the Packers standpoint I mean when you're up 12 points going into the fourth quarter you can't be losing those games I mean that's that's the difference between you know winning your division or you know maybe getting a wild card spot and missing that by one or two games and I mean if they can't close games down the stretch now albeit this is only the first game that they you know had this opportunity to blow up but if they continue to do that i mean it's going to be rough for them towards the end of the year especially for a fan base that typically has you know pretty high hopes on their team yeah i i totally agree um i cannot believe the falcons started 2-0 you know the falcons are sort of my adopted second team uh and it's no surprise that when they throw the ball when they gash with the run game and then throw the ball when they have an open receiver like they did to Drake London in the end zone, like they did to Matt Collins towards the end of the game. You know, they involved Bijan in the passing game. They even got Jonu Smith involved. Unfortunately, Kyle Pitts is, is still a ghost, but um if they if they don't just stick so heavily and 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 um you know committed to the to the run then they're going to be able to stay in games. They're going to be able to cover spreads. This is what we care about, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, the Packers, this is like um, this is like a LaFleur thing, man. They, they fucking lost a lot of these close games last year. Um, and although Jordan Love was really efficient in this one, they just weren't able to get it done. So um, I'm really excited to see this young receiving core uh, for the Packers. You know, three basically nobody scored. Or, or two. Uh, Jaden Reed had two, and then Dontavion Wicks had one as well. I've never even heard that name in my life. So if, uh, you know, if Love is able to turn these guys into the players that Rodgers turned Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard into, then uh, who knows? The Packers could be, could be right back up there after we thought maybe they'd be heading into a rebuild. So 
if they get uh, Aaron Jones back this week, I think you know the Packers will be back to uh, sort of spreading the ball out, and and I think they uh, they have a good chance this week as well um, against the Saints. Okay, and then also Raiders Bills. Tell us about that one because our boy Devonte had a had a nice uh, nice start, but the Raiders offense is just not not where we wanted it to be. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the Raiders. Like you said, their offense looks, I mean, like historically bad. Uh, Josh Jacobs, negative rushing yards. Um, I think he's still in, like, single-digit rushing yards for the season. He's looked so bad to start the season. And like you said, Devontae was good, um, but then he took that hit. Uh, I can't remember if that was early in the game or late in the game, but he was kind of uninvolved after that, and their defense or their offense as a whole kind of stumbled. Jimmy G, I mean, 185 yards and two interceptions is not going to get the job done. But this was a good bounce back for the Bills. This was kind of a perfect spot for them to do that after falling flat on their face against the uh, Aaron Rodgers Jets. Um, Josh Allen, no turnovers. That's something he said he wanted to fix. Um, this was kind of an easy matchup to fix that. So hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens when he gets a little tougher test. But I'm really impressed by the uh, the come up from James Cook this year. Uh, Bill's running backs have historically kind of been a wasteland ever since Josh Allen took over there, um, just because he is very effective at running the ball, especially, you know, inside the red zone. But from that 20 to 20, that midfield area, James Cook's looked really good. I mean, he had 125 yards this week, um, but still no touchdowns there. It seems like they're kind of letting his touchdowns get hawked at the moment by Latavius Murray and Damian Harris. Obviously, this could change down the line. I don't necessarily expect it to change. But I think James Cook's going to be an integral part of their offense, and I'm excited to see what he does the rest of the season. I'd like for them to give him some red zone carries. Um, it's really tough seeing a guy slice a uh, slice a team open, you know, and and rush for 123 yards and not get a singular look at the end zone. Um, for fantasy, for gambling, like that—that that is just tough. I don't want to see that. I want to see the guy get some glory after fucking putting in the hard yards. It ran him to death. He had 17 carries, um, average 7.2. Like, give the guy a fucking look. Don't give it to Latavius Murray. We know what kind of runner Latavius Murray is. Damian Harris, I understand, but um, man, I, I just can't believe Latavius Murray is still playing uh, and and still contributing, scoring touchdowns. It's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, the Raiders, man, they, they look really bad. Jimmy does not look good. He threw two, um, two picks. One of them was just like the one he threw to Milano was insane. Uh, Letting, letting Matt Milano moss you is just, it's nasty business. Um, okay, let's move on. Chargers 24, Titans 27. The Chargers cost me probably close to a thousand dollars this week. Um, saw the board pretty clearly, parlayed the right things, and unfortunately, the Chargers were just not able to get it done. They lose in overtime to the Titans. Chargers now 0-2, Titans 1-1. Um, Justin Herbert had a great game. He had 305 yards and two touchdowns. Keenan Allen rolled back the years. He was amazing with 111 yards. Mike Williams had 83. But unfortunately, that Chargers defense is just porous. Uh, they let Ryan Tannehill rush for a touchdown. He had... Um, just 12 yards, but the, the one, you know, that he rushed in was, was catastrophic for the Chargers. Um, Derrick Henry, 80 yards and a score, but you know, the, this really comes down to penalties, one bad defensive scheming, scheming two and three 
just not playing as aggressive as you need to play as the Chargers. They could have aired the ball out for 500 yards. They rushed with Josh Kelly, I thought, too much. There's nothing you can do against this Titans run block. It's, it's fucking impossible. And the Chargers put themselves way behind the eight ball. They were leading. They were up 14 to 10 at half. Uh, then they just let the Titans roar back in the third quarter, and it was too late. By the time they got to overtime, I feel like the game had already, you know, been lost by the Chargers, a three and out on the first drive. Just ugly stuff, bad coaching, and I think at this point, uh, Brandon Staley's got to be on the hot seat. I don't think we're going to see him make it through the bye week. No way. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's just been, it's been years at this point of him just folding. Uh, they called him, a, he was supposed to be a defensive mastermind, I thought, uh, but that's clearly not the case. Uh, everyone, I'm sure, has seen the graphic where they're the first team ever to score 50-plus points through two weeks and have zero turnovers and still lose both games. Um, so he needs to go. Um, still high on the Chargers' offense. Their offense continues to look good, but until they get the defensive side of the ball figured out, this is going to be a team that's going to continue to suffer with mediocrity. And I think the fan base, as well as, you know, a lot of the players on the team deserve better than that. Yeah. Um, okay. Up next, we have 49ers Rams. Um, Rams go to SoFi and defeat the LA Rams who looked, or the Niners go to SoFi and defeat the LA Rams who looked really good, I thought. Um, Purdy. Nice game, game management. McCaffrey had 116 yards on the score. Debo had a rushing touchdown. Brock Purdy rushed in himself. Um, spread the ball around on offense. Really, you know, just solid what we expect from the Niners. And, of course, a, a master class from Mr. McCaffrey, as we can always expect. Um, Matt Stafford, he looks okay again somehow. I thought he was going to be dead this year, but he looks really good. Um, Kyron Williams had two touchdowns. Puka Nakua had 150 yards. Tutu Atwell had 80. I don't know how they're doing this, but they've turned Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua into a two-headed monster. And at this point, I'm pretty sure Puka Nakua is like a top five wide receiver in the league stat-wise. He he broke a record, and I don't from what I've seen. He's a really good runner after the catch. He's he's wise enough to to get ahead and change routes. I think he might actually be good. Yeah, I agree. He kind of, I know everyone likes to compare him to Cooper Cup, but he runs a similar route style. It feels like he doesn't run these like super hard shifty routes. He just kind of finds his way into space, enough space that Matt Stafford can see that he's wide open. And then once he gets the ball, he just goes to work. I mean, he's been really, really good this year, obviously. Um, Matt Stafford, I am a Matt Stafford truther. We know that. Um, he's looked really good, uh, surprisingly good, being, you know, with his age and his injuries piling up. But, I mean, for him to be able to throw the ball 55 times shows that he's in good health. Um, the whole Cam Akers, Kyron Williams situation was weird this week. Healthy scratch into Kyron. I wouldn't be – I think Kyron's going to be good for fantasy purposes, but I'm not sold on him as an actual runner. Um, he was one of the worst this week in um, expected yards uh, to what he actually gained. Uh, he was like 20% under what they expected him to be, and only 20% of his runs went for higher than expected gain. Um, and I think I think people – I know some people are high on Sean McVay and some people hate Sean McVay. I think this is a good testament to that 
he's a good coach. I mean, yeah. like you said, Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, those aren't household names. Um, but, you know, they came out, they combined for over 200 yards. They moved the ball down the field. They put up 23 points on what we all know is a very, very good Niners defense. So, I mean, this is a good this is a good test for the Rams, and they kind of approached the test well, and, you know, they came away with a good score, 30-23. to 23. Yes, they kicked the last second field goal that covered the spread and made it look better. Um, but still, 30-20, to 20, we'll say, to the Niners is not a bad showing at all, especially after they showed what they can do to teams the week prior. Yeah. Um, okay. Tell us about Giants cards. This game fucking sucked ass. I'd love nothing more than to tell you about this game. This is the game where I made a lot of my money. Um, the Giants were horrible. Oh, so, so bad to start. I thought I was going to lose a lot of money um, to begin. Uh, down 20 to zero at halftime. Their offense kind of looked like it carried over from week one. I mean, six straight scoreless quarters. Danny Dimes couldn't move the ball down the field. They couldn't get anything going on offense. They were a sieve on defense. I mean, to let Josh Dobbs throw for, you know, 225 yards and he probably had about 200 of them in the first half is just disgusting um he was also running all over the field which is not something i expected but yeah they were getting dominated early and then they came out of the the halftime with a huge play to start they had like 60 yard completion there to i believe it was Jalen hyatt yeah uh, the rookie and then from there on out uh the giants offense cruised. they scored every possession from there on out um once they got their first touchdown i did take them money line at plus 400 um and they ended up coming back and winning and i was betting them the whole way back up so that could have went poorly but sometimes you know like we say conviction pays so when you when you have those spots sometimes you got to let it ride a little and it ended up turning out really well for me but overall two good quarters from the giants to build on um which will be interesting to see how that carries over to this week seeing as how they have the niners on thursday um so that's going to be a tough carryover spot there but their defense looks bad. I mean, it might be bottom five in the league based on what we've seen so far um, this year. And I think fans might have to temper their expectations a little. I know people had playoff hopes, especially after they snuck in last year and beat the Vikings. But they're looking like a at best, um, especially now that Barkley's injured as well. So, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna think I'm setting them firm at probably six wins. So I don't know how you feel about that. I think six wins is like low key right on the money. Um... They are not moving me, bro, at all. This is, it's poor. It is just poor every game uh, so far. They they looked like they were just going to get smoked by the cards. Unfortunately, you know, I, I would have liked to see them lose this game, honestly, because I was so fucking pissed um, that, that I even took them. This was such a trap game, and everybody was all over the Giants, and they just fucking came out so flat. I mean, it was nice to see Saquon get involved, but he got injured. They did all of this shit just to lose their, you know, franchise running back for probably three weeks. Um, Jesus Christ. If you got to fight that hard against the Cardinals, like six wins is probably right on the money. I think that's, uh, that's you know, a respectable uh, estimate for how many games they will win this season because they are not beating any of the other teams in the NFC East. Um I think the commanders would blow the fucking, you know, just blow them out of the water right now. Um, yeah, they're two and zero. We'll get to them in a minute, but yeah, that was uh, that was piss poor. Uh, Jets ten, Cowboys thirty. What'd you think of this one? This was kind of kind of a weird game. I I was on the wrong side of this. Yeah, I mean, this kind of went as I expected. Um, fairly low scoring. I mean, the 
Cowboys pretty much just kicked field goals all game. I think they had five or something. Um, both defenses look good. That's kind of what we expect from the Jets um, and Cowboys at this point. Both have really, really good defenses. Um, and Zach Wilson came back down to earth after putting together what looked potentially to be a turning point in week one. Yes, he didn't play phenomenal, but he limited his turnovers. He put his team in a position to win, and they won the football game. He kind of took a step back this week. I mean, he threw three picks. Yes, at the end of the game, he was trying to, you know, just give his team a chance to win, so you can contribute some of that lack of success to that. But still, not a great performance from him. And the Jets also decided that after watching Brees Hall be the most explosive player in the league um, week one, to not use him at all. Um, so that was an interesting development. I mean, they only ran the ball uh, nine times with their running backs, which is just not a success building when you have, you know, Zach Wilson at QB. So, I mean, they look bad. Um, they need to get Brees Hall involved. They need to limit the impact that Zach Wilson has on their success moving forward. But for the Cowboys, I mean, good win for them. They're always really good in the regular season. We say it every year. They're going to go to the playoffs and lose. But, I mean, Dak Prescott, no turnovers. Tony Pollard, nice to see him get a bell cow roll. I mean, 25 yeah. rushes. That's not something I expected this early in the season. But that's good for him moving forward, especially if you have him in any fantasy leagues. And then your boy C.D. Lamb, he ate, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, 140 yards, no touchdowns still. It kind of seems to be a trend this year with um, – a lot of these wide receiver ones, they're racking up these yardages, but no touchdowns. You know, CD, J. Jeff, uh, Diggs had one week one, but he fell short this week as well. But, I mean, overall, Cowboys offense looked good. Tony P looked good. Dak didn't turn the ball over. So that's kind of the recipe of success for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, we'll talk about Dolphins-Pats, uh, but we're not talking about the Monday night games. Uh, I'm, I'm taking a stand against what they put on our television screens. Uh, they were the worst two games of all time. But let's talk about Commanders Broncos and Dolphins Pats. The Commanders win 35-33 to um, against the Broncos. Commanders now 2-0, Broncos 0-2. Despite a really, really strong first half from the Denver Broncos, who were up 21-3 to or 17-3 to at one point, um, the uh, Commanders roar back in the second half. Scored 21 points in the third and fourth quarters and um, went 35 to 33. Sam Howell had 300 uh, through the air, two touchdowns. Brian Robinson just looked unbelievable, unstoppable, 90 yards, two scores. Terry had a great score, hauled it in at the end. Uh, Logan Thomas scored. And then on the Broncos side, we had uh, Russell Wilson connecting with uh, Mr. Marvin Mims Jr. with Cortland Sutton. Brandon Johnson, a name you don't hear very often alongside Marvin Mims. Um, just absolutely cooking. I mean, Russ had 300 through the air. He threw three touchdowns. He did throw a pick. Um, but really, it was the Broncos' D that let them down at the end. They just, you know, they couldn't stay in the game. Commanders were, were, were doing too much for them. Uh, and Riverboat Ron, you know, he just, he was gambling. It paid off for them. Uh, they played just about as aggressive as you could play. And... I think Sean Payton got straight up out coached. There was a little bit of a um, contentious call at the end of the game that they're saying maybe could have changed the outcome of it. But unfortunately, the score had gone final before anything uh, was reviewed. So there's not really anything you can do as a Broncos uh, you know, fan. Uh, the Commanders beat you in this one. That defense, which is normally pretty good, just got totally gashed by the Commanders offense. So I, I thought this was uh, extremely 
uh, impressive performance from the Commanders. The Broncos are not a bad team. They may not be a good team either, but this was one of those days that Russ showed up. So for Sam Howell to to rally his team and uh, you know bring everybody back in after being down uh, by so many points in the first half. This is this is impressive stuff. This is a new look Washington Commanders team, no doubt about it. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy seems to have turned the corner for that offense here. I mean, thirty-five points—that was unheard of from them. Uh, it felt like the last two seasons or so. Uh, Sam Howell looked good. I mean, two hundred ninety-nine yards and two touchdowns—that ain't bad. Uh, this was kind of a heartbreaking loss for the Broncos. Uh, I, I thought they were going to, you know, win this one, and it looked this as sure as ever in the first half, but then they kind of did the same thing the Packers did and just fell apart, which um, is odd because that wasn't really Sean Payton's uh, thing when he was with the the, the um, Saints. They were always really good, and they always, you know, once they got a lead, they held on to it, but that could be a testament to Drew Brees. Who knows? But, I mean, overall, good game from both sides. Russell Wilson looked kind of like vintage Russ. Uh, he did get his stats padded a little bit there with that 50-yard last-second touchdown, but still without without that, he still had 260 and two, which is good. So overall, pretty good game from both sides, and I'm really excited for what the Commanders have to offer us the rest of the season. Yeah. Okay. Um, Pats, Dolphins. Um, hey, did you hear that a Pats fan got beat to death in the crowd? I did. That. Uh, yeah, that that's, was a that's pain. way to encompass that game, yeah. Indeed. Um, and that's kind of what this game was, just a beating. Uh, Dolphins now 2 0, 124 to 17. This was a line that just didn't make any sense to me. Jeremy and I both cashed on this. Um, but this wasn't the offense that we saw the prior week against the Chargers. Tua only had 250, threw a pick, he had a touchdown. Uh, it was mostly the, the run game that, that got, you know, the, the Dolphins into scoring territory. Raheem Mostert had 120 yard, 21 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Waddle looked okay, but he now he's in concussion protocol. He had 90 yards. Tyreek only had 40 and a touchdown. And then on the Pats side, you know, they stayed in the game. Uh, Mack threw for almost 250. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson looked a little better in this game, especially early. He was getting a little bit uh, more in terms of, you know, yards per carry uh, than he did last week. They got him involved, uh, not so much on on Zeke, but their uh, their receivers kind of fell off. Hunter Henry did score again. That's two and two and two for him now. Um, but Kendrick Bourne, not as involved. Juju, same thing. Uh, the the Pats, I just don't think they have the personnel to compete in this division. I think even when they go up against the Jets, you know, they, they're just outmatched in almost every single position. Uh, they're not necessarily in a rebuild, but I just don't think the level of personnel is anywhere near uh, what you would expect from the New England Patriots, who are, if not the most winningest, one of the most winningest uh, franchises in the National Football League. On the Dolphins side, you can't really uh, complain about winning by seven points here. You'll take it. You're going away to Foxborough uh, on Monday Night Football. Or, was it Monday or Sunday night? I think it was Sunday Night Football. Um, but impressive. You know, this is the kind of game you have to grind out. If you can't get it going through the air, then you got to gash them with a the run. A lot of screen passes. They just tried to take Tyreek off the board. And they did, but he was able to score anyway. So um, the, the scheme didn't necessarily work for Bill. Um, you know, I was, I was happy to see the Dolphins win this game. I don't, I'm, I'm totally out on the Patriots. I don't like Mac. I don't think they're a good team. Uh, some people have them in like the top 10 in power rankings. I don't even think they're close to that. Uh, this team just does not scare me whatsoever. Yeah, no, I'd go as far as to say they're bottom 10, um, easily. Yeah. It feels like, I mean, they just don't have it. Mac Jones is okay. Um, not great. 
there, I mean, when you're leading receivers, Devontae Parker, um, who was good for the Dolphins like eight years ago, um, that's an issue. Uh, good win for the Dolphins. Like you said, the spread felt trappy, but it almost felt too good to be true. Um, and it was never really in doubt there. So that was good. Um, Tua continues to, you know, move the ball well. Raheem Mostert looked really good. Um, he could lose some touches here to Jeff Wilson now that he's coming back. But overall, their run game as a whole should continue to thrive. And I think the Dolphins are going to continue to roll, and it's going to be them and the Bills, I'm sure, you know, come week 14, 15, 16, see who's walking away with that division. Yeah. Um, okay. And I said, like, I don't really want to talk about these games. I don't know if you do, but Saints beat the Panthers 20-17, to and the Browns fall to the Steelers 22-26. to uh, What we do have to – we might have to issue an apology about Deshaun Watson. We, we maybe do. Yeah. Um I'll be the first to say it. I may have been wrong about Deshaun. I was telling you guys that um earlier this week. He doesn't even look like a shell of his former self. I didn't think, you know, he'd come back and be the leading passer again like he was when he was on the Texans, but I did think that he would lead them to winning drives on the football field. Um, but that seems to not be the case. Um, a lot of down spots for the Browns here. Deshaun looked bad. Their only good player's leg is now in half. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they're in a rough spot. Uh, Jerome Ford did look good. I'll give him that. Um, he, you know, 100 yards, he had one big run, uh, and he was grinding out some some plays outside of that. But he, uh, their team as a whole looks bad. And then for the Steelers, they also look terrible. I mean, they didn't, they didn't score any points inside of the 30-yard line. Um, all their points came on defensive field goals. Uh, they have no running back. Najee Harris looks horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Pickens looked good, so that's a bright spot, I guess. But outside of that, I mean, both of these teams' futures looked bleak, and it was kind of just a terrible game all around. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, okay, let's move into our picks for the week. Um, we will start off with Thursday Night Football. Tomorrow night, the New York Giants head to San Franco and east to west to take on the Niners at 8.16 p.m. Jeremy, let's start with you. We'll alternate picks. Who do you have in this one? Yeah, so this is a tough one. I mean, because obviously it feels like everyone in the world knows that the Niners aren't going to lose this game. But the spread is also terrible. Yeah. Um, it has dropped a half point from 10.5 to 10. Not that that really does a ton for people. But I was looking because I knew that this was going to be a tough one for me this week. So I actually came out and I getting involved with the first half. We had some success with that last year. Um, so I'm going to do first half spread. It's Niners minus six and a half. I don't, I don't see them going into halftime, not up a touchdown. So give me Niners minus six and a half. First okay. Half. Um, that's cool. I am going to take a McCaffrey touchdown. I mean, the odds on that are going to be absolutely horrific. Um, he's minus 280. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to change my pick. What the fuck is that? Minus 280. I will, uh, I'll tell you, I'll take 49ers minus six and a half, um, for the first half. I think that's, that's a sharp pick. Uh, I, I wouldn't have even thought to look in there, but I like that. I think they'll be up a touchdown going into halftime as well. Um, up next, this is my pick. The Titans are going to, uh, Cleveland to play the Browns. Titans currently a three point dog to the Browns. Browns minus 162 on the money line over under set. At 39 and a half. Um, this is like a don't touch it game of the week. But I'm going to take the Browns. I, I know we just issued an apology. 
But I, I think I got to trust Deshaun. I, th- I think they bounce back this week. They should be able to win. The, the Titans stink. Nice. Yeah. Um, I agree. We did just issue an apology, but I'm getting back on the train as well. Um, this game definitely does also scream under, um, but 39 and a half is a little too low for me to get involved with that. So I'm going to go with the Browns minus three. I think it's two really good defenses, but I do think although the Browns offense doesn't look great, it does have more firepower than the Titans as long as the Browns can slow Derrick Henry. So I'm going to go with the Browns minus three here and see what happens. Okay. Um, Up next, we have the 1 p.m. shootout game of the week. The Los Angeles Chargers take on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Um, This game is going to stink. I don't want to pick a side. I think I'm going to go with the touchdown score. I'm curious to see where you are. Yeah, I'm also getting involved with a touchdown score. Um, I don't think this game will stink. I think it'll be exciting from a fantasy perspective. Like, I feel like people's points, uh, this might be where you can get some players scoring a lot of points for you. Um, both defenses just refuse to play defense. Yeah. Uh, so that's fun. I'm going to go with a Keenan Allen touchdown. He got two last week. Um, and like they said, you know, early in the season, he's playing that CD Lamb role um, that Kellen Moore implemented there. So I'm going with Keenan Allen touchdown here. No problem. Um, I am going to look to last week's uh, run game performance from, you know, run run block performance from the Vikings. They just weren't able to stop anything whatsoever. I think, although Josh Kelly's not a great uh, running back in terms of talent, he should be able to find himself in the end zone at least once in this game. I will take Joshua Kelly uh, anytime touchdown in this one. Uh, in case you guys don't know who Josh Kelly is, he is the backup to Austin Eckler. Not a great player, but I think, you know, he should be able to get into the end zone uh, in this one. Okay. New England versus the Jets up next. Jets currently um, a two and a half point dog at MetLife. 1 p.m. game over under set at 37. This is a hammer spot for the under. I'm, I'm taking under 37. I know it's a low line. I don't see the Jets scoring more than two touchdowns. I don't see the Pats scoring more than two touchdowns against this really good Jets defense. Uh, I I could consider driving this all the way down uh, to really under 32 and a half, but I'm going to take under 37. I love that spot this week. I like that. I mean, this game does feel like a stinker. A lot of these first couple of games we're looking at here aren't going to be my favorite to bet on for sure um, coming Sunday, but... For the sake of the pod, we got to get something in here. Um, I think, I think I'm also going to go with the under. I I do like Brees Hall to get more involved in this game, but um, them not having lines out yet kind of makes it hard, especially when he hasn't his usage has been up and down the first yeah. two weeks. So I'm going to go with the under here as well. But I am going to keep an eye on Brees Hall uh, come Sunday to see if I can get involved on him somewhere. Okay. Um, up next, we have the Texans versus the Jags. What do you have in this one? The Texans are currently an eight and a half point dog going to Jacksonville to uh, Duval. They're plus 330 on the money line. The Texans and the over under set at 43 and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over here. Yeah, um, I think I think the Jags put up a lot of points, and CJ Stroud showed a little bit of promise. Their passing game as a whole showed a little bit of promise last week for the Texans. So I wouldn't be surprised if they put up, you know, 17, 20 points. And I think the Jags go for probably 28 plus this week. So that seems like a good spot to grab the over here. I'm going over 43 and a half. Yeah, I am also gonna go over 43 and a half. I hate that we're so lined up right now, but um, I I think that's a really low line. 
Um, the Jags offense is obviously better than the Colts offense and the Texans offense played pretty well against that uh, defensive front against Indianapolis last week. So I think the Texans could put up 15 points. I think the Jags probably are able to put up 30. Um, there's your 45 points right there that catches the over for you. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll both take the over in that one. Um, okay, Buffalo versus Washington up next. Buffalo currently a six and a half point favorite. They're minus two ninety five on the money line. Over under set at forty four and a half. That seems low to me. Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills win this game in Washington. I will take Bills minus six and a half. Oh man, yeah, we're getting uh, we're awfully on the same page here. This is probably going to end terribly then. Yeah, it's making me a little nervous here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I like the Bills in this spot, too. They looked really good last week. Um, I think this is easily the best defense the Commanders have faced. Um, this will be a good test for Sam Howell. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Bills minus 6.5. I think they will come away with the turnover, too, and that'll be the difference. So, yeah, give me Bills minus 6.5. Okay. Um, sounds good. And then who do you have in the next one? We have the Colts going to Indy, uh, or sorry, the Colts going to uh, Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Colts currently set plus seven and a half. Uh, you know, they're, they're dogs. And then they're plus 315 on the money line over under set at 44 and a half. It's your pick. Yeah. This is tough for me. You I know, hate I'm a this Gardner Minshew believer. Yeah. I'm a Gardner Minshew believer. Um, Oh man, these games stink. Yeah, I, I, there's a spot I really like in this one though. Um, good. I'd like to hear that. I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna buy the point. I'm gonna take the Ravens minus six and a half. Um, I might even go with seven on DK, but Fanduel only does them by the half point there. So I'm gonna go with the Ravens minus six and a half. I think they win by a touchdown. I mean, just from a roster perspective, they're more than a touchdown better than the Colts. So. I'm yeah. going to go with the Ravens minus six and a half. Okay. Ravens aren't scoring a ton of points right now. Colts aren't really scoring a ton of points either. Uh, they just scored 30 last week, but it's not, it's not anything extreme. The Ravens defense is better than what they just went up against uh, last week, the Colts. So I'm going to take the under. I really like under 44 and a half. Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of money on that, but I, something about this game is telling me, you know, it's it's twenty two to seven or or something ridiculous that that you wouldn't expect. People are gonna smash this for the over, especially if Richardson is playing. But um, I'm gonna take under forty four and a half total. I I really like this spot. I've been scouting it since uh, earlier this week. Um, and then up next, this is a good one: Falcons, uh, Lions. Falcons going to Detroit, where they are a three and a half point dog. Falcons are plus one forty eight on the money line. Over under set at forty six and a half. Um, you can give me Falcons plus three and a half in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's crazy, but I think if St. Brown's actually out, uh, the Lions could be in for, for a tough day. Yeah. That shit defense, too. If they can't stop Bijan, they're done for. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, Amon Ra. I think he should be all right. I think they, it, they claimed it was just cramping. It's turf but, toe, apparently. Yeah. I am going to get on the opposite side of the ball here. Um, I'm going to take the Lions minus three and a half. They normally play really well at home. And although their defense is bad, it's bad through the air. Uh, they've done 
pretty good job stifling teams through the ground so far. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher for the Chiefs week one, and then last week Kenny Walker got held to 40 yards on the ground. Um, and like you said, Bijan's kind of the difference maker here. So I I do think that they can at least slow him down, and if the ball is in Desmond Ritter's hand to win, uh, we know how that's going to go. So I'm going to go with Lions minus three and a half, but I wouldn't be surprised if um, if Bijan's the difference maker in this game. Okay. Um, up next, New Orleans versus Green Bay. Uh, New Orleans going to Green Bay where they are a two-point dog. New Orleans is plus 110 on the money line, over-under set at 42.5. Jeremy, what do you think? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my guys. Yeah. I'm, uh, these, I like both teams here. Ah, mm. The Saints are without... Saints without Williams, yeah. without Kamara. I'm going to get crazy here. I'm taking a Taysom Hill touchdown. They got him involved oh. a lot last week. They're even thinner on running back this week. I think he gets in I think he gets in the crib. That's where I'm going. Taysom Hill, lock it in. Yeah, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Packers in this one. I think they win this game. This this shouldn't even be hard. Um the Saints look pretty bad against uh Carolina on Monday Night Football. So I think the Packers uh, probably should have the edge on them. I'll I'll go with them. Uh, up next, Broncos versus Dolphins. Broncos a six and a half point dog, west to east uh, at one p.m. against the Dolphins. Broncos are plus two forty on the money line. Over under set at forty seven and a half. Uh, this is a smash spot for the Dolphins. I think they're going to be pretty decent at home here. I don't see I, I don't see them being able even if if Waddle is out. I don't see them being able to to contain Tyreek. I think he goes crazy this week. I think Dolphins cover the spread. Give me the Dolphins minus six and a half. That's a square aspect, but I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad pick, though. Sometimes yeah. you got to get square, like we did last week with the Dolphins as well. Yeah. Uh, I think I am going to take the over here at 47 and a half. I mean, we know that the Dolphins can put up points in a hurry. Um, and they were really susceptible through the air um, week one, although a lot of the stuff did come on the ground, but they didn't, they didn't look great through the air on defense. So I think Russell Wilson has decent success here um, and their offense has looked fairly good so far. So I'm going to go with over 47 and a half here. Okay. Up next, uh, we have the Panthers, your team, versus the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, that's a 4 o'clock game. The Seahawks are currently a 5.5-point favorite at home. They're minus 255 on the money line, and the over-under set at 42. This should be fairly straightforward. Yeah, Seahawks minus 5.5. They should win by a touchdown. Um, and if anyone's not confident on the Seahawks, then just take the under. Like I always say, I don't recommend betting on the Panthers. Um, if you think the Panthers are going to win, just take the under instead because the only way we win is through defense. As so if it's low. Yeah. yeah, you can give me Seahawks minus five and a half too. I don't think we really need to talk about that one all that much. Um, up next, Chicago versus Kansas City. The Bears are currently a 12 and a half point dog going to Arrowhead. They're plus 540 on the money line over under set at 47 and a half. I do not like the Chiefs to cover this spread, which is why I'm taking them to cover the spread. I will take Chiefs minus 12 and a half. <laughs> I fucking hate yeah. it. Every time I do this, they they literally win by it. Like, if I do this, if I take 12 and a half when it comes to Sunday morning, they will win by 12 points. <laughs> they win by 12. That would be quite the feat. It's oh, happened man. to me 10 times. 
Well, I am going to go with a Isaiah Pacheco touchdown. Mr. Violent himself. Um, I think the Chiefs steamroll here. Um, and I think they get a couple touchdown scores. I think Kelsey will score, obviously. But then outside of that, Isaiah Pacheco um, has looked good on the ground. So I think they let him see one this week and finally get him in the end zone. Okay, cool. Uh, then up next, we have the Cowboys taking on the Cardinals. Uh, Cowboys currently a 12.5-point favorite going to Arizona. They're minus 820 on the money line. Over-under set at 43. Uh, I hate this. Who do you have? Yeah. I hate it too, but I'm mm, got to ride with the hot hand. I'm going to yeah. take the Cowboys minus 12 and a half. Um, these spreads are massive these last two games, but I mean, that shows you kind of the talent differential on the teams. I'm going to go with the Cowboys minus 12 and a half. Cardinals vastly overperformed last week and still lost. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm going to go with a CD Lamb touchdown. He's been great through two weeks, just hasn't found the end zone. I think maybe this week is one of the weeks where he doesn't put as many uh, catches and yardage up. But you know he he should be uh, he should be a, a decent threat to get into the end zone in this one. So I'll take CD, uh, and I think twelve and a half. That's probably the right 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 pick there. Um, okay, up next uh, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are currently uh, a two and a half point favorite against the Steelers in Las Vegas. Uh, so Steelers got to go Sunday night football all the way out to Vegas. Um, do you hate this game? I, I hate this shit. Yeah, I hate it too. I mean, I hate it. Looked even the slightest bit impressive. I think I got to go with the Raiders. I don't know why. I don't want to take them. I won't take them when it comes to Sunday. Uh, but I, I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think Derek Carr and Devontae link up. Or not, sorry, not Derek Carr. Jimmy G and, and Devontae link up again. Um, they should be able to at least stay in the game if they're not able to win it, but I'm going to take a dice roll. I'll go with Raiders money line here. I'm going. The spread stinks. Like it's not even worth taking the spread. I'm taking. Give me Devonte touchdown. Okay. All right. Good. That's good. We're the last, I think we're the last two believers in the, on the planet. Devontae. Um, okay, cool. I man, that game's gonna stink. Uh, and then up next we have the Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the 7-16 game on Monday. We have another doubleheader, so there's two games. We actually have two good games. Uh, so the Eagles going to Tampa, uh, where they are a five and a half point favorite. They're minus two twenty-five on the money line, and the over/under set at forty-six. You can give. Is this your pick? Actually, it's your pick first. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is a good game. This is a game I'm excited to watch. Yeah. Um, kind of to see what what the Bucks have to offer here. Oh man. Um. Give me. I hate to go to these. I hate these guys. But yeah, give me give me the birds minus five. Yeah, you can give me that one too. I just think it took the Bucks a lot of hustle to beat the Bears last week, and they only beat them by 10 points. I think this is a much better Eagles side, you know, on, on the defensive side, on the offensive side. I think they're a much better team. So um, if Baker doesn't show up in prime time, you know, Eagles could win by 15. I'll, I'll take five and a half. I think that spread's crazy. 
And then the final game of the week, we have the LA Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Rams currently plus 114 on the money line, over under set at 43 and a half. This is a smash spot for me. You can give me the Rams. I will take them on the money line. I think this is the underdog pick of the week. Hungry dog runs faster. Rams got something to prove. Bengals, everybody picked them to be back in the uh, AFC championship game. I don't see that happening this year. I'll take the Rams, especially if Burrow is out. Yeah, finally a spot I love this week. Give me the Rams money line. I'm going to lock it in um, at least part of my bet uh, here early because you're going to want to get this line before a final decision. Yeah, it's going to move. If you're on the side that he's not going to play, which is the side I am on, and I feel like you're on the same side, if you're going to, if you feel that way, you're going to want to get it now. So, yeah, I'm in. Give me the Rams money line at plus money while it's still there. Okay. Uh, and then locks of the week. You want to go first here? Oh, man, yeah. First one, I'm going with Rams. Uh, mm-hmm. That's an easy one. I'm going to take that one. And then I feel like I should do a second one here. I'm going to go with the Rams. And I'm going to go. Hmm. I'm going to do – that'll be my team. And then my player prop lock of the week, I'm going to take my Keenan Allen touchdown. I'm really confident in him this week. He's looked really good. So team lock of the week, Rams. And – Player prop lock of the week, Keenan Allen. Uh, both are going to be plus money. I would imagine Keenan Allen be plus money to score. Yeah, he will be. He'll be hardly ever minus unless you know it's Jay Jeff. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Just need one to hit, and you'll make at least some money. But I, I think we go two for two there this week. Okay, uh, I am going to go with the. I'm going to parlay these. The Packers money line. They better not let me down this week. And um, the. Seahawks minus five and a half. I love that spot. I think uh, I think they should be able to win that game easily. So, all right, uh, that's everything from us. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post Twenty Pod. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.